Hey friends, this is Mother Natalia, and we have a very exciting announcement for you. We are in celebration of our upcoming 200th episode. We'd like to put together a video including a bunch of you. So what we're asking is for you to send a 20 to 30 second video or audio if you're not comfortable with that. Um, yeah, sharing just some of the fruit that this podcast has borne in your life that you think it would be good to share with other listeners. We're asking you then to send us this video or audio clip by uploading it to Google Drive and then sharing it with our friend who is putting the video together. His name is David Bratnick. So upload to Google Drive and then share it with D-B-R-A-T-N-I-C-K at gmail.com. And we're going to ask you to have these submissions in by March 18th. The video can be filmed either vertically or horizontally. David just asks that you try to record it in a relatively quiet area for easier editing. Um, also, we recorded this way after we recorded this week's episode. So whatever time we give for the hashtag banner haters in the intro is just totally incorrect and you'll want to add this onto it. Hello, dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hey, friends. This is Mother Natalia. Today is Father Michael's episode. Um, I'll admit that it's a bit of a self-serving episode for him because he is using you and me to write his homily for this evening. But we love him anyways. Um, but the, the episode is about uh, lots of fancy words like noose and nepsis and eschatology. Uh, but really, we're we're taking it to the simplicity of the analogy of a bouncer um, and being attentive to what comes into the heart, what goes out of the heart, uh, being aware of, of what God is doing in our lives and, um, and in our hearts and how to, um, yeah, kind of make that connection between the head and the heart, that journey in order to move along in this spiritual life and live a, a fruitful life. If you are a hashtag banter hater, you're going to want to skip ahead to about two minutes and 45 seconds at your timestamp. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Good afternoon, mother. Oh, it is afternoon now, even for you. Yep. See, this is the thing. We need to explain these things because last time when we began, we were a different different times of the the structured day I was still in the morning and mother was still mother was in the afternoon yeah and now we're recording an hour later and so <laughs> we're both in the afternoon I had a very like normally it really doesn't matter to me if it's morning or afternoon that's why I have to kind of laugh that that I even care but mm-hmm. um but I had a moment where I was so proud of myself this morning um, because I was preparing my homily um, for those of you who listened to the last episode, we're still on the same day where we're. It's during the week of Christian Unity, and I'm going to be celebrating a divine liturgy um, at the at St. John's Roman Catholic Seminary here in Camarillo, California, and uh, at 4:30. And so I was preparing my homily this morning, and I thought um, that this is actually very fitting. This actually made just maybe a very short banter right into the topic, but um, but that's the, good because this is going to be another short episode, and that's true. we already bantered, so just jump right in. So 
there's something about I love about the collision of themes that we have in in basically as a homilist. So you mentioned last episode that you your your podcasting topics are the fruit of prayer, and mine, of course, are are the fruit of. Um, preaching, uh, evangelization, pastoring, all the things that God has given me. And of course, all those are rooted in prayer as well. But um, I love the fact that when you have a, when as a homilist, when I'm presented with a bunch of different themes and to say, now make a cohesive and understandable homily based on a theme when you're bringing all these, all these themes together. So it's like a challenge. Hold it my is. beer. And and my favorite my favorite <laughs> time of doing that is and this is why I'm so proud of myself. I said in the fall. And I've always been one of those people because my spiritual father is like this. He will say he will like feel the seasons so deeply. It's almost like if you read Christian Lavin's daughter, um they'll say well in in the season of the cross now they they'll say like oh we harvest in the season of the cross why because the cross is September fourteenth hmm. and that's a fall so the fall harvest festival and their the, their minds work according to mm. liturgical schedules mm-hmm. well I always thought that my spiritual father must feel so deeply the liturgical schedules that he will say things like in the fall. And I did that for the first time because I don't really, my brain doesn't work that way where I think, oh, what season is it? So mm-hmm. even like what day is it? What month is it? Like none of those things matter in my brain. I'm just one day at a time, what's right in front of me, et cetera. So I want to get better at that. And I thought I like the fall. It's not because I know it, this happens in the fall, but my brain worked that way to say, and this is not, this is not anything that, that that's like a trivia question, but I guess it kind of is. Do you know why for someone who likes the collision of themes and readings, why the fall for me as a Ruthenian Byzantine Catholic would be even more exciting? Um, I don't know. So this this is just what I'm proud of. So <laughs> we have this thing called the Luke and Jump, and oh, the Luke and Jump uh-huh. happens in September. Uh-huh. Um, so basically our lectionary work so that the the lectionary the course reading of the epistles does not change it just troops on mm-hmm. but on the feast of the exaltation of the cross um we switch to luke no matter where the epistle is so because of where easter is it gets switched around all the time and we switch to luke so so basically sometimes there's no luke and jump sometimes it just lines correct. up correct yeah right but it, but it's rare that mm-hmm. that happens but when when what that does is it provides every year with a different epistle alongside a different gospel i see because most of our lectionary since we have a one year lectionary most of our lectionary the epistle and the gospel always go together. See, every year you're going to have this epistle with this gospel. And that provides very beautifully for a, a kind of an intended theme. But or, someone or like Father Michael is like many boring. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So um, I was watching, I watched Moana last night, um, <gasps> mostly because of you. Um, so I was, I was hanging out with a friend and uh, like, it was just like, Oh, like we're not we're watching a movie on TV. So what are we going to watch? And they suggested, well, maybe, maybe what about Moana? They're from Hawaii. So what about Moana? And I said, oh yes. I said, Mother Natalia <laughs> loves Moana. So we, we watched we watched Moana again. Um, Do you have anything you want to say about it? 
Well, I mean, it really there was there was so much there. There was so much that was beautiful. Good. Um, but but I remember thinking that, and then there was another movie that we watched the beginning of after that called Raya. That's like a similar theme that mm. I wanted to show them in this movie. I think it's DreamWorks. But anyway, both in both Moana and in Raya and in like every other Disney-ish movie, there's always a like a animal sidekick. Mm-hmm. You know, and and in in Moana and especially in Raya, the 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 sidekick is the most ADD <laughs> character <laughs> like in the entire show, and uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, that is. I think well in Moana, you're it was hey just, hey. It was, it was hey hey. I know exactly. I kept on when I kept on saying hey hey. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm hey hey. Um, and then and then also in Raya, the little little roly poly bug thing that's always getting distracted. Um, Actually, I'll tell you a really funny joke just because this fits in. Sorry, we're doing the banter in the middle of everything. Um, <laughs> this really funny joke. So there's this comedian that that has a stutter, and that's his thing. And so he says, so he has a stutter, and so he says, every once in a while, like my my issue with stuttering and my wife's issue with ADHD will kind of one of us is having a good day, so the other one can struggle. He says, every once in a while, we're both having a struggle day <laughs> where my stuttering is at its peak and her ADHD is at its peak. And he says, so this happened one day when I came home and what I wanted to tell my wife was, um, honey, it's been a rough day and I'm really stressed. He says, what I said to her was, honey, it's been a really rough day and I'm st, 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 st. And he says, and she just starts dancing. <laughs> st, st. <laughs> <laughs> like cancer, she's like, that's a pretty sick beat, honey. Like he's, he's, he's trying to get it out, that's and then, then he says, "Yeah." Then I told her, "Yeah, we should make a band, or at least we should start a band, then never finish." Oh. <laughs> and I was like, "What a way to tie in ADHD and stuttering together!" It was absolutely hilarious. But anyway, so yes, um, um, so my ADHD usually does not allow me to see the wider picture and to say, oh, I care about the seasons or anything that, that's in any detail whatsoever. But I do love when I am presented with a, a collision of readings and themes and saints and seasons. Um, so what I want today's episode to be is, um, Mother Natalia, I have not put in the necessary time to write my homily that I'm going to give in a couple hours. So I'm helping so you need, write your homily right yes, now? Yes, <laughs> this, is, this is what this this is. Are you going to give me credit is. at least? I'll think about it. Um, but there's, but they'll pray about it. Um, but there is this. So this is the. Here's all the themes, and I'm 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 being a little bit self-deprecating because I, I have a, a general outline in my head, but I I, I want to fill it out by you. So here's all the themes, and I I I'd love if you're able to just to give like one immediate thought when I'm done. If not, it's fine. We'll we'll, we'll just we'll just continue the conversation. But I, I, I want our conversation to assist in, and I remember the audience, this is another thing, another collision of themes here is the audience. The audience is, Roman let's Catholics. say, 10 Roman Catholic priests, and let's say 70 Roman Catholic seminarians. So these are the and audience 30 is, Byzantine Catholics. Exactly, is primarily Roman Catholic and is primarily either those living the priesthood and a celibate priesthood or those discerning the priesthood and a celibate priesthood. And then a bunch of Byzantine parishioners who I'm not really considering in the audience, but I'll, I'll, I'll do it anyway because they're going to be listening and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to them as well. Um, so we're going to For those do, of you who are listening who were at 
this liturgy. Um, what Father Michael's saying is, you don't I matter. You. <laughs> I love you so, so, so much. Y'all get to um, listen to him all the time, so he's just well, ignoring as, as that you're there. <laughs> he just needs you there to canter <laughs> and to show them how to receive communion. You're just being used right now. <laughs> and to nod and smile so I don't feel bad about myself if I'm getting a bunch of glares um, from the RCs. Okay, um, so so that, that, that adds a whole other element to a any preaching, of course, is sure. the audience. You got to consider the audience. Um, so, what you're going to see, though, regarding your, I'm, you're going to you're going to prove your own point. I'm going to prove your point of that I don't care about my own people. Um, that you're going to see a lot of this stuff is. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. A lot of this stuff is kind of things that I've already mentioned um, in homilies and podcasts, but I'm tying it all together in this collision of themes. So, um, we're going to do the divine liturgy for tomorrow, for Thursday. We're, we're recording on a Wednesday. Um, this is the the Thursday of the week of the prodigal son. So this is the the uh, the th- the Thursday before meat fair begins, meat fair week. Also and of course, no as, fasting. And no fasting this week. And as as you all know, we don't fast because we heard on Sunday the story of the publican and the Pharisee. And since the Pharisee boasts about fasting, we don't fast since he fasted. Um, so basically, um, as all you Byzantines know. Um, Meat for a week and cheese for a week, the two weeks before the great fast, we both hear the passion narrative. Um, so we hear about about Christ's um, passion and death, those two weeks leading up to the beginning of the great fast. So this is the week before that, and we're hearing themes of kind of the end of the world, um, watchfulness for what's going to happen. And these are the themes of all the divine liturgies this week. So the Thursday reading... Um, the first one is just on watchfulness. The Greek word we use is nepsis. So basically you do not know the day or the hour. when, when the, So it's like a, a master who leaves his servant in charge and that person has no idea when they're going to return. I'm not going to read the whole thing, um, but that that's, so this is the theme in my head is, is the first one is watchfulness or nepsis. The epistle is from First John and it's actually a reading that I heard um, Father Josiah Trenum tie into the Pharisee and the public and the Pharisee. So I actually read this in my homily on Sunday from First John, basically where um, John says to his audience, um, you are all sinners. And if you say you have no sin, not only are you a liar, but you make God a liar. And the whole theme is about basically lying. If we are, and lying in my mind is saying, okay, we, we, when we lie, we are obviously acting in a way that is evil. But basically when we lie, we are trying to deceive, but to bear false witness, if you will. And that is the role of the devil. The devil is the deceiver. That's, that's the name. One of the names we've given him is the deceiver. So there's a certain sense where, where if we call God a liar, we're obviously wrong um, by saying we do not sin because that's what he came to do. He came to free us from sin. Um, so the, the part I'm taking, the little nugget I'm taking from First John is is the that if we say we do not have any sin, not only are we a liar, but we make God to be a liar, and that is a deceitful thing, and that is the work of the devil. On top of that, it is the feast tomorrow of St. Gregory the Theologian. St. Gregory of Nazianzus is Gregory the Theologian. Um, my, he is one of my favorite fathers of the church because he he's the one that coined the phrase that the priesthood is the art of art and the science of sciences. Mm-hmm. Basically it's the most dignified thing you can do. If, if I, everybody wants to be an artist or a scientist and, and, 
the, the, the most powerful artist is a priest and the most powerful scientist is a priest. And then he, he spends all this time explaining this in this very beautiful document. But he says this in this document, it's, it's part of his apologia. It's part of his explanation of why he fled from his duties as a priest. Hmm. So he was a monk. They made him a bishop. And then he fled. He ran away from his job. He ran away from his post and then came back later on because he held the priesthood, the role of a bishop, in such high esteem that he, he knew that he, he was not cut out for it. He could not handle it. Um, of course, we would tell him that he's wrong about that. Um, but, but, but there's something about Gregory the theologian in his, remember I'm talking to seminaries and priests, um, that, that, that his exalting, his intimidation, his reverence for this. Um, so, Mother, does any of that, if we bring all those things together, discernment, priesthood, Roman Catholicism, awe and and um, the the watchfulness of of the nepsis of awaiting for God to come back along with the fact that we need to make sure that we are not deceived in our own sin is there anything that stands out to you that you can give me a little nugget of Mother Natalia wisdom if not I'm just going to continue on and then I'll let you interrupt me when, when something does come um I mean, there's a certain eschatology about all of it. Mm. Like all of it Go on. is in some way about, yeah, living for eternity. Like continuing on the theme of what we said last time of like, um, I know what I'm dying for, you know. Mm. Um, mm. Beautiful. Actually, that's the only thing that, that comes to me though. When you said that last time, I actually thought about tying that quote into my homily. Mm. So you, you just you just did, um, they, and I then as soon as between the between the episodes, I was like, shoot, what quote was I going to tie in? So thank you, you just brought it back to me. Here we go. Um, I know what I'm dying for. I'm <laughs> in my homily notes. Someone recently, there was a priest who told Mother Gabrielle and I recently. Um, I made a joke that was like it was very much gallows humor because that's how my family operates. It's probably a defense mechanism. It's fine. Anyways, um, and then we were talking about how morbid the joke was. And then this priest said, um, well, that's okay. My, my sense of humor used to be only scatological. And Mother Gabriela said, a scatological? And he was like, no, scatological. It was all about poop. <laughs> and I thought that was really, really funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so here's some of my thoughts, and um, I think I'm you should talk about you. eschatology, though. Yes. <laughs> Just for the record, <laughs> I will do that, and I will, uh, I will make sure I use that, emphasize that e on the beginning um, if I'm giving it in a homily. Eschatology um, so, is the study of the end times, or the like. Oh, thank you. Not the. The, well, yeah, the last things yeah. we call it. The last things. I just realized that's a word that maybe listeners don't know. Coming. Nope. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. I mean, I'm the one who said it. I should have. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> you explained what scatology was. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see where your priorities are. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Okay, <laughs> continue, please. Okay. Um, so um, this is the way that, that my brain is working as I read through these. So I almost always read through the gospel first. So we have this, this theme of, of, of watchfulness. Now, watchfulness, um, it it ties into um, this very important concept in our Eastern Christianity um, that we would translate, many would translate in the English the word mind, um, but the Greek word is nous, N-O-U-S. So I know I'm going to say nous a lot, it sounds like N-O-O-S-E, but the, this, this concept of nous 
is is the mind. It's the mind's eye. So you are very brave to be talking about the noose because it's just so, why. Oh, it's just like really difficult to. I don't feel like I have a grasp on it yet. No. Or on yeah, a, don't like, don't listen to me. Read, but read <laughs> read the Philokalia, um, read but, the Fathers, yeah. and you'll you'll get a much you'll get a much deeper and they're better, not always consistent in it either though. So anyways, no, and that's, 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 I think why it's intimidating Yeah, is because it's, it's, it's a concept that is so deep and so beautiful that it's kind of hard to explain. Right. And yeah, yeah. All, all the most deep and beautiful concepts are hard to explain. So I, I, I should, I, I'm going into this with the fear of God, I hope, um, in, in trying to explain this, but the way I've always seen it, and maybe I'll just, I'll just dumb it way down. So, you know, that I'm not trying to speak from any place of authority, but the way I've always seen it as like, it's like a bouncer on the heart. So, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our heart. Our heart is where God dwells, and our heart is basically where the deepest and most beautiful part of ourself is. So, this ties into the concept that the that the fathers say, where the the world's longest pilgrimage is one foot long from your head, where your ego is to your heart, which is where God is. So that one foot from head to heart is the is the journey, the pilgrimage of life to God and to heaven. Um, so the the heart is where we where where we will, in a sense, as I see it, be tested. The heart is where. God will will go to our heart and he will say, as say at the judgment seat, will go to our heart and say, What's here? You know, your 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 body's gonna be a mess, your head may even be a mess, but what is in your heart? And the heart is um what is that? I was, trying, I was trying to measure if it's actually like a foot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, she's measuring using a using eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. Um at, so add an inch. Um it was pretty accurate. The, uh, Okay. <laughs> Amen. Um, so I thought you were trying to have me read what was on the paper. I'm like, nope. that's way too small. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, so basically the, the noose is the bouncer on the heart and, and we spend our life um, through Christ's power and receptivity to his will forming the noose. So we, we allow the noose to become more mature, more holy so that it knows what to let into the heart and it knows to guard what's coming out of the heart. So basically what we expose ourselves mm-hmm. to um, in what we see, what we hear, what we taste, what we touch, what we feel, and all the other aspects, you know, the, the, if we have a good, well-formed noose on the heart, then this bouncer that's on our heart, then it will, we can perceive things, but without letting them actually affect us mm-hmm. positively or negatively. So a mature noose will say, I'm going to let in love and gentleness, truth and beauty and goodness, all these things. And I'm going to keep out um, lack of forgiveness, desire for revenge, you know, and all, all the things that we know, or even like, you know, to, to use a very common example, you know, how much violence can I take in media? How much sex can I take in media? You know, the, these things, if, if, I, if I let myself observe these things, Violence and sex are just kind of the stereotypical ones. And then, then if I if I'm not watchful, that's where I'm tying this into this. If I'm not watchful, then I'm letting in these things that actually I let affect me. I let them change me. I should let beautiful things change me. Good art, good science, all these, all the beautiful things. I want them to change me, to form me, to make me mature and make me beautiful. Um, so the well, the reason why I, I do like the translation mind is because we do have that that phrase the mind's eye like what are we looking at if if i'm in if i'm walking through the city let's say i'm walking through los angeles i'm walking through hollywood there's a lot of ugliness there 
a lot of it. And so you see, you can see the ugliness, you can see the the pornography, you can see the utter poverty, you can see the grasping for power, you can see all the the exaltation of fame of, of other things, you can see all this ugliness. Um, and is that what your mind is looking at when you walk through Hollywood? Or you can see the beauty of all these humans that are created in the image likeness of God and have all their issues and have all their beauties. And you can, you can start to recognize the childlikeness in them. You can recognize the good poverty in them. You can recognize the potential. You can start to see with your mind's eye what God is doing. And this is what watchfulness is. So when we use that word, the Greek word nepsis, which means watchfulness, it has various meanings, of course. So listeners, don't get mad at me for not using the primary meaning here. Um, but but there is a certain, if we, we are watchful for what God is doing in our own life and in the life of others. And mm. we, we've we kind of let our mind focus on those things, let our mind look at those mm. things. I'm having the... the the uh, I'm having the the vision of Sauron here of like his mind his eye looking at various places obviously take that um, for a good one I just met the I met the other day the um, the wife of the man who played Sauron in Lord of the Rings um, so it's on my mind but I, I like the, the the eye of Sauron from Lord of the Rings that like like kind of looks around like but that that's a bad example or an, a negative example of what what are we seeing what are we paying attention to what are we letting affect us. What what are we what are we kind of grudgingly perceiving for the sake of charity or because we live in this world and what are we really letting sink in? So you know, good. I just actually I think that's a really good analogy because the eye of Sauron was so easily deceived. Not easily, mm. but he was deceived mm. because of the pride and the greed and the mm. arrogance. And so it's like actually this like he was distracted from where they were by mm. um i don't even remember anyways but um i think it's actually a good example of we have this eye that needs to be trained and needs to be formed and needs to be so i think it's actually yeah. a good example yeah that was one thing about that in the movie um there were a couple of good examples of things in both movies that I watched recently, Raya and Moana. But I, I, I love, well, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. But anyway, well, it's been, it's been out a long time. I'll kind of give it away. Just, I just, just the, say, well, it's a spo- this is a spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear this, alert. then skip ahead a couple minutes. Exactly. So it's just the fact that, that the, in the end, you realize that the enemy of Moana, the end, the enemy of of the world of of everything. Wait, but are you is, talking about Raya? Because I haven't seen it. Oh no, no, this is this is Moana. Okay. So in, in in Moana, the the enemy of everything is actually just the protagonist who has fallen from mm-hmm. grace and is able to return. So the protagonist becomes the antagonist, and then returns to the protagonist again in the end. And the reason um, she's fallen from grace is because of deep woundedness yes. and because her heart's been broken. Not because, which, yeah. Oh my, Moana has so many. Oh, I love Moana. I love Moana. And all of the people who are listening, who are never listening to our podcast again, because you are have a firm stance against Disney. I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to support. And I just love Moana. I love Moana. Okay, please keep going. And and th- there's also a scene in in Raya, and this will not be giving away any major themes. But there's a scene in in Raya, which is a similar themes. There's a you know young heroine, and there's all there's all kinds of of 
distracting things in this one too. I mean, you, you can't trust Disney, you can't trust DreamWorks. There's always going to be some some you know kind of crazy stuff. But but at one scene, the the protagonist, um, all all of her, all of her kind of companions and teammates, they they say they realize like she is getting in the way of our mission because her she's been blinded by her own rage. Mm. And one of them even says that like our the leader of our group is blinded by her own rage right now. So basically she needs us, but it's it's like it's a it's it's kind of a beautiful beautiful moment of that that was just it was it was a good movie. Again, some things that were just like eye rolling, but um but I I thought that was a pretty good movie too. Um so <sighs> Goodness, what was I saying? I, I have something I could say if you need Do to it. try to go big. Okay, I'll jump back. Um, I just really mm. liked your your definition of nepsis or of watchfulness of this mm. um, is being attentive to what God is doing because I think we often think of watchfulness as simply keeping out the bad things and or like just being aware of the attacks of the enemy, but that's too. Um, like there's something too constrained about that. Like it's not only about keeping out the enemy. It's also about being attentive to what the Lord is doing. Like what we were talking about in the last episode about creating a space. Uh, Part of watchfulness is actually like, oh, seeing the places that God is working and letting those be fostered and, um, and tending to those places and um, not simply, yeah. So anyways, I really like that a lot. Yes. Is the main movement of our soul, is it, is it positive and towards God? And, and even the purgation, even the fasting, is it for the sake of feasting? Right. Is, is, the, is the, the purging of vice for the sake of virtue? Is, is the separating of ourselves and emptying ourselves for the sake of Christ? Then that's a good thing. Um, I know many people who, who basically live their spiritual life by fear, mm-hmm. the fear, fear that God's going to get mad at them. And that is the main mover in their spiritual life. Right. Is, is, uh, is I, I have to, I have to not mess up. There's nothing about, uh, there's a lot less about growth in virtue and receiving Christ's grace yeah. than there is fear that God's going to yell at you or send you to hell. Like that's such a debilitating. And I, I feel for those people, there's so many, the devil, that's just one of his main tactics. Um, and it's, it's such a negative thing. And I can see people who define watchfulness solely as they they become, they become obsessed within a sense. I'm using, I'm using harsh words here. I know, but they become obsessed. We become, say we, we become obsessed with, with all the negative things and we're only looking at them. Our watchfulness right. is on the negative things to make sure they don't, so they don't come into us, which is an act of fear. Mm-hmm. Rather than seeing what God is doing, and I, I think if we are seeing what God is doing, we'll more clearly see where the where the sin is and the negativity is, so that we can open up our hearts to Christ. Let Him fix that for the sake of Christ, not for the sake of just being afraid or fearful of the sin that is in us or in others. Yeah, um, this is why I always, when I pray before our episodes, I always or almost always pray for our our listeners to have a spirit of discernment to hold mm-hmm. fast. Um, to anything that's from the Lord and to discard anything else because yes. um, even like like you and I are not perfect and we say things, not even just things that are overtly wrong. I'm sure we say that, do that too, but, but also things that just like, we don't think through all of the nuances because how could you possibly and, yeah. and through all of the situations and things yeah. like that. And if we're saying something that's just like causing this deep disturbance in you and is bringing no positive fruit into your life, then like just maybe just discard that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So 
yeah, ask Christ to to give you wisdom and discard anything we say that's not helpful to your salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So I think that then when when we are watchful in this way of what God is doing, um, and if we tie that into First John, where we need to make sure that we're not being deceived, um, that that it demands a certain um, humility, and there there's a nuance here because we say. I may not be able to, dis, dis, even in my watchfulness, I may not be able to dis, discern what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. So, I, so as, as I'm developing the, this noose, this bounce around my heart, this mind's eye, I may be wrong. I may, I may be looking at something I think is helpful, but it's really not. You know? So I need to be constantly hu- humble. And there's this, I was talking about it last time, but I was looking up a quote. I didn't know it was St. John Climacus, but it's probably from him and others. But the main quote is from St. John Climacus, who we celebrate the fifth Sunday of the Great Fast, I believe, sixth, fourth. Anyway, I'll look it up before that comes up. I've been doing this long enough, I should know. Um, but St. John Climacus just means St. John of the ladder. Like think of climb, like Climacus, like climbing. He has the ladder um, of divine ascent. And he says that humility is the one virtue that the devil can't imitate. Mm. And I've heard that before and I love it. The one, Humility is the one virtue that the devil can't imitate. And of course the devil doesn't have virtue. So he's only imitating virtue and he's doing it to deceive. But but the like true humility and again, we can be conceived. We can be deceived of what humility truly is. We 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 have that all the time. But there's something about the devil can't can't take on or act out of a place of humility because it, it's it's impossible for him. Saint John says, um, the fourth Sunday is the Sunday of Saint John Climacus. Thank you, mother. Um, so, so yeah. So so there's this this humility, and along with that humility comes. Uh, what what we may call the virtue that I've, I know I've talked about before. Um, we did a whole podcast on of the fear of God, which can be translated among other things, reverence. So there's this there's this reverence can be this taking a step back, um, you know, saying I don't see things clearly. I need to take a step back to see the bigger picture. And so when we reverence our loved ones, reverence our spouses, reverence God, reverence our children, reverence the world in, in this beauty, you know, there's this certain, I'm going to take a step back. I'm not going to impose myself on it. I'm going to, I'm going to reassess. I'm going to respect, like look again, re look, um, re again, spect look. So we can respect by looking again. Like when we give these things reverence and I think this allows us not to be deceived because we say, I in my sin may not see this correctly. So I need to respect it and, and revere it and go with the fear of God. And yet my favorite thing from that podcast I did that I realized when I was preparing it was that that's such a beautiful line in our divine liturgy, approach with mm-hmm. the fear of God. Because fear of God means a self-imposed distance in reverence, but God says in that reverence, in that self-imposed distance approach, and that's the paradox, approach, you ha- you're setting up a, a distance, but with that distance, with that reverence approach. So he's drawing because, us closer even in. Because it's please. approach with fear of God and faith. Yes, um, so it's like yes. you have the fear of God. You also have the faith that he is going to, um, in his mercy, uh, receive you. And, and yeah. So. Yeah. So, the, so there's this, there's this, we need to be watchful of what God is doing. And cause we know, know the day, know neither the day nor the hour. And yet we need to be humble enough in that watchfulness to make sure that we aren't deceived um, by what we're looking for, what we're watching out for, um, whether we, you know, are are we mature enough in the spiritual life as our news developed enough that we can actually identify what is good and what is not, both what comes into our heart and what goes out. 
Um, you know, the scriptures are explicit. It's not what comes in that, that makes us defiled, but it's what comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what comes out, what we say, what we, what we think, what we impose upon others definitely comes from what comes in. You know, um, what, what we've let in and let us affect us, what, what we let change us um, is so incredibly important. Um, I really think it's funny that you think of the noose as a bouncer and not like a sentry or a bodyguard or like, <laughs> nope, it's a bouncer. <laughs> ouch, mother, ouch. It's just really um, funny. <laughs> like You can see where I spend my time. <laughs> um, not really at well, places that have bouncers. But but see, no, I don't actually. <laughs> but the... Uh, but you're, 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 it is funny. One thing I've always said, like when you see people, I don't mean to criticize any of you, I apologize if I'm doing this, but you see people that are kind of living in the past, you see people that like will try to dress or try to use the language of a different time, a different mm-hmm. era. And I oftentimes say, if you truly want to be like that person or be like that era, wouldn't you, wouldn't you dress or act like that person would now? Like, like, mm. like, if you, if you, if you want to be from oh, that's fascinating. Lord of the Rings. Like, if you want to be Lord of the Rings, like you, 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 that obviously they're a whole different world, fantasy world. But like, don't dress like Frodo. Dress like Frodo would dress and act in our world and in this time, mm-hmm. you know. And isn't that truly imitating the true virtue of the person rather than just the external? Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, um, that's really fun. So anyway, that's I, I don't I don't want to I, I tend to preach too long. Um, so. Tying that into the discernment, more of, than eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. According to current teaching, um, <laughs> the uh, current guidance, I should say. Um, the so yes, so for for a man who's discerning the the art of art and the science of sciences um, needs to be very very watchful because what he lets into his heart is what he's going to teach. He's going to teach and he's going to lead and guide and govern out of that place. And to do that, he needs to realize that 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 he is a sinner and not be deceived by by the by the devil that he that he is not. To act out of that place um, and and to form that noose, that bouncer, that sentry, um, to be very aware and for the for the sake of his own holiness and salvation, and, and secondarily for the sake of his ministry, um, to stand with immense watchfulness but make sure that that is the foundation of that watchfulness is the humility the reverence the fear of god that 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 makes sure that it is actually of god and not of ourselves um you know that's interesting because everything you just said is in the ordination of a roman priest um when they receive or maybe it's a deacon uh i think it's a deacon when they receive the gospel and they say um believe what you read, preach what you believe, and practice what you preach. Do you know what I'm talking mm, about? I do not, but that's beautiful. Um, I, think it's, I think that's the way that it goes. So it's, they receive the gospel, and they're, so they're told, believe what you read. So like believe the truth of the gospels. Mm-hmm. Preach what you believe, preach that truth, and practice what you preach. Um, mm. So all of that is like, the foundation of all of it is, is the gospels. Like the gospels mm. are the formation of our noose. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I like that a lot. The living and active word of God. Yeah. If you're going to use that in your homily, you need to ask one of the priests beforehand, like, hey, which ordination do you guys hear this? And Well, Roman Catholics are so good at putting everything on line that I'm just going to look it up. But yes, I will also talk to a human priest okay. to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Well, look, at the, yeah, I'll Google it. While you say things, say things and I'll okay. Google. <laughs> 
Um, so basically, um, those are actually all my thoughts. Um, and as you can see, they're not in any coherent way. I was kind of hoping that you mother would um, would help me put them in a in a coherent order or something like that. Um, but uh, this is actually oftentimes it is how I write a homily is I have some basic thoughts in a basic order and then I hope the Holy Spirit fills them out because as any of you who are preachers, deacons or priests or bishops or any that listen um, or even maybe teachers um, know that sometimes we can overprepare. Sometimes we can have so many details um, and I think this is what Mother mentioned last podcast where she she thrives at having a topic that comes out you Mother now that you're unmuted, um, you, you have a you have a um, a gift of doing podcasts and picking topics that come out of your prayer, and not like something that that's researched. Hmm. Um, because I, I I'm the, I'm the same way. Um, I think I shared the story before that the one time I did a the first time I should say on the Catholic Stuff podcast I did a podcast that was a book review. Um, I got the worst <laughs> review ever. Which how boring and and excruciating it was to try to explain somebody else's work, namely a book, and how they stopped listening like halfway through. Um, so okay, I, I found it. Uh, it is from the ordination of a deacon, and it, they say, "Receive the gospel of Christ, whose herald you have become. Believe what you read." Teach what you believe and practice what you teach. Beautiful. I, I'll look that up. So it's teach, not could, preach. But if, if you could text me or email me, I'll just take a picture um, of it and send you the picture. There we go. Perfect. Love it. Um, so yeah, I I would like to just finish up there unless you have any more insights. No, that's perfect. Cool. Um, I need to get to Vespers anyways, so that's helpful. Beautiful. Okay. Well, um, thank you all for listening and um, for sharing. When we when we do ask people how they found out about us, um, it is so often through a friend um, who sent them an episode or something. So thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. We think the spirit is working um, through our vocations and through our uh, temperaments and our gifts and uh, in spite of our weaknesses. <laughs> and we really appreciate that we get spread around and it allows... It allows us to continue doing this because, as you know, both of us are under obedience. Um, so, if this podcast ever falls completely flat and is no longer effective, which I doubt, but if it ever does, um, we may get we may get pulled by those who don't see this as a fruitful thing. So, um, and in that in that vein, no do pressure. Pray for, <laughs> do pray for yeah um, the authorities in both of our lives who uh, who allow us um, and encourage us to do this. But um, as you continue to encourage us, if you'd like, um, please do share on social media or for whatever means you'd like to. Um, we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram and I'm on X uh, slash Twitter at, uh, at Padre Michael O. We have a Goodreads page. We are on YouTube audio only. We have a nonprofit called Fotina, P-H-O-T-I-N-A. And uh, that nonprofit supports the poor. It supports our evangelization efforts. It f- supports other people's evangelization efforts, and it supports the church um, as we do tie that of our nonprofit. So you can support us by just going to fotina.org, or you can go to our Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and uh, subscribe for for monthly giving. And the level of your giving allows benefits, everything from a sticker or a shout out on the show to even a visit or visiting us um, all the way up. And 
uh, quarterly Zoom sessions. Um, anybody who listens can go to Chesterton Cigar Bar, Cigar Club, Cigar Lounge, whatever it's called, in Steubenville, Ohio, and have a cigar and a lounge session on us if you want. You can see all that at our Patreon page. Um, the, Is that, uh, you can see that on the Patreon page? I was, I as think I was you saying, just made I was that like, up. I think I'm lying. Yeah, no, I was that's like, not I was true. deceiving. Just email us. Just email us to let us know that you're going to Chesterton's. Email us your first and last name or whatever, and we'll let Chesterton's know that you're coming. There we go. Thank you. The email is what God is not podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, what God is not podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can find our website also, what God is not.com. And uh, I think that's about it. Um, Prayer intentions. Let's give um, five shout outs to some of those shout outs for those some of those Patreon supporters. Benefactors. Thank you. So we have Chelsea S from Oregon, Juan C from Nope, Juan S from Argentina. That's nice. very fun. Um, I'm having a Zoom call with uh, a Carmelite listener um, who's from, I think, Colombia and uh, this weekend, and I'm really excited about it. Um, he's helping me my, practice my Spanish. One of my former parishioners, um, who now lives in North Carolina, but um, her uncle is a one of the bishops of Medellin in Colombia. So oh. there's like five bishops for the one city because it's such a massive city. I think he's in Colombia. I hope I'm remembering that right and didn't just embarrass myself. Okay, <laughs> Tony W from California, David V, no address. And Layla K from Lebanon. Wow. Nice. That's amazing. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Layla. Um, I just buried a Layla from Lebanon recently. It must be a very Lebanese name. Wow. Hopefully it wasn't her. No, this was like a year ago. Oh. I mean, I don't know how far behind we are in our shout outs. <laughs> okay. Layla, please email us and let us know you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yes, prayer intentions. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the prayer intention that I mentioned earlier, and that is just pray for mother and my um, authorities in our life, those who are obedient to. Please pray mm. for Mother Cecilia um, of Christ the Bridegroom Monastery, and please pray for Bishop Kurt Burnett, who is our administrator for our eparchy now. And pray for and a new bishop. <laughs> pray for a new bishop for us um, to give. Poor Bishop Kurt, Bishop Kurt some uh, relief since he's already the bishop of two other eparchies, overseeing two other eparchies. And then uh, also since obviously God knows who our new bishop is, just pray for that man, whoever it is, his health mm. and his intentions as he uh, Are as you doing that? he knows it or not. It's like the equivalent yeah, know, of am. women praying for their future spouse. Oh, I guess I men do that too. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I just <laughs> projected that only on the women. <laughs> I may or may not have done that. I was praying for you, Jesus. <laughs> So every um, yeah. <laughs> every every litany of of uh, peace, I always say that our Lord may send us a good, holy, wise, and prudent bishop. And now I've added, and for his health and salvation, mm. or for his health and intentions, just because God knows who it is. Yeah. So, so yeah. So please pray for those authorities, and then also for <laughs> Father Diodoro Mendoza, who's our protestant cellist. Please pray for Father Steve Washko, who is our cellist for California. So these are those. You're going to need to type men. all of these into the spreadsheet. Okay, I take that back. My prayer intention is for uh, Mother Cecilia, and that's it. Do not pray for anybody else. <laughs> I, will I will type all these. Please pray for all of them. I will type all of them into the spreadsheet so that on Friday after this comes out, you will see all those names on our Friday post for prayer. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will ask for prayers for um, 
a man named Lucas, who I met at Seek, who is just completely delightful. And um, we had a beautiful conversation. And then, um, yeah, he's just become something of a spiritual son to me. And um, yeah, great guy. Pray for Lucas. Beautiful. All right. Love you, Mother. Thank you for the time here. Please pray for me as you go to Vespers. I will pray for you as I continue finishing up my homily before this evening. Yeah. You know what's funny? When you, um, I love you too, by the way. When you said that you were writing your homily this morning, I was like, wow, Father Michael, it's Wednesday and you're already writing your homily? Uh, And then (laughs) I remembered that you have liturgy today. (laughs) Yes. And two hours earlier than usual too. So Yeah. So, yeah, but okay. I'm, I probably should be more worried than I am. It'll be good. <sighs> Whatever. God's will be done. Um, can you please give us a blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord allow you to be watchful. May he allow you to progress with great patience, but also diligence and urgency on this one foot long pilgrimage from your head where your ego dwells down to your heart where God dwells. And may he be your constant companion and may you know that on this journey. May you um, truly treasure and desire greater humility that you may ask our Lord to define and to guide you in what your noose, what your mind should be letting in and letting out. And may you see this as a worthy, a truly worthy endeavor even though it involves um, so many crosses carried in various ways since our, our Lord uses the cross, his cross, our cross, um, to lead to and to prepare for his great resurrection. Um, may our Lord also put people in your life that can help you guide you on that pilgrimage. And may he, all of you who are discerning, whatever you are discerning, uh, may you stand with reverence before that discernment with ears that truly listen to God's will. And if there's someone in your life who is discerning or should be discerning. May you have the courage and the wisdom to speak into their discernment as well, to build them up, to give them confidence, um, to pray for them and to give them the encouragement they need, encouragement they need to continue to listen to God's will. And may they have the strength also and the fortitude to carry out that great vocation. May I give you everything you need, even the salvation of your soul. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you.